for women to advance, it's super important that they feel respected, they feel their work has an impact, and they feel like they can be their authentic selves. And those are really hard things to put in formal programs around, but there's a lot of cultural elements of how much are you enabling people to communicate in different ways, or how much are you equally calling out how the different people on your team have contributed to the outcome. This is In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. I'm Corinne Lines, And I'm Suchi Srinivasan. Each episode, we have meaningful and vulnerable conversations with women leaders in digital, business, and technology. This episode, we're speaking with Naveen Awad, Managing Director and Partner at BCG. She's also the Detroit office leader and heads up BCG's Women in Technology Initiative in North America. Since 2021, this wide-ranging initiative has illuminated the challenges and opportunities that women encounter at different stages in their careers. Naveen is passionate about her work in this space and shares some interesting findings in this episode with us. Here's my conversation with Naveen. Hi, I'm Naveen Awad. I'm a managing director and partner at Boston Consulting Group. I lead the Michigan office for BCG, and I do a lot of work in digital tech data in healthcare and public sector. And I also do a lot of research each year for the last three years on the women leadership trajectory in digital tech and data. So you've been at BCG for almost 12 years, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you joined BCG? So I went to Yale University and I studied computer science. The year I graduated, I was the only female graduate. And throughout the time, I I just learned what it was like to kind of be in a place where everyone around you that was doing what you were doing was male. And I think that that kind of set the trajectory for 12 years at BCG later and many other careers along the way, looking and thinking a lot more about women leaders. I worked for a couple of startups out of college. Then I got my PhD. Then I taught as a professor for a few years. And then I started consulting. And it's been such a fun, fun ride. That's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. So let's see. So your dad, he was an engineer and he had a huge influence on your life and your career. Can you share a little bit about him and about that? Sure, yeah. I would say both my parents had a huge influence. They immigrated from Egypt in the late 60s, early 70s due to just lots of political things in Egypt. They were passed over for opportunities, so they came here to create opportunities for themselves and their family. And my dad was always very into like math, very into understanding technology early. And so we always had these weird looking computers in the house. I remember this big one that was like dark blue and light blue that was just huge. And so he got me really interested in just what are these machines and what they can do. My mom um, is a real estate broker. And so she's always had a real sense of reading situations, listening and understanding people and helping them you know, figure out what they want and guiding them there. And so I would say I'm like the perfect amalgamation of both of them, (laughs) where I have this like real interest in like technology and how it can change our lives. But I've always focused on it from a, a lens of people and what how people behave and how you can help them change to better their situations and their organization situations. Can you share other times in the past where you also found yourself that you were the only woman in the room and how that made you feel or what those experiences were like? 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think there's like so many sides to sometimes being the only woman in the room. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's like less good. Sometimes you feel like, okay, you're asking me to be in the room because I'm the only woman in the room and I don't want to be here unless I have something very unique to contribute. And I don't want the pressure to like rearrange my schedule for something that you're basically moving forward with without me, but you need my like stamp, female stamp of approval. So I think like I'm always very aware of like what is the unique value I'm bringing because the only way I continue to grow and also like grow my role, you know, in terms of like impact and value to others is to make sure that every time I'm there, I'm adding something And I really try and coach other people to that point, too. We're a big fan of uh, Hamilton in our house. And so, you know, you always want to be in the room and in the Zoom where it happens. But you want to be in that room and be part of what's happening. And if you're just sitting there, actually, oftentimes people won't even remember you're there. And that's not positive either. And you just got me interested. So you talked about, like, Hamilton and your family. Can you share a little bit about your family? I'm blessed with such a wonderful family. So my immediate family is I'm married to a wonderful lawyer and we have three kids. And right now they're 14, 12, and nine. If anyone keeps you honest, it's your teenage kids. So, <laughs> And one of the biggest things I've actually learned from my daughters is they always tell me there's like a message and there's a vibe, which is a very like colloquial way of basically saying like, it's not just what you communicated, it's how you communicate it as to whether people hear it. And being cognizant of how people hear what you're saying is really important. And I've, you know, I've learned that a lot as a parent, and it's very relevant, you know, of course, in the workforce too. So you've been a managing director at PCG since 2018, and you were a principal and a project leader prior to that. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do in healthcare and in the government space? Part of what attracted me to BCG is I wanted to do all sorts of different stuff. And I always say that, like, what's so fun is I could almost never anticipate what I'll be doing in a year from now exactly. Just things change so fast and you have to change with it. So I have done, I mean, all sorts of stuff, everything from like growth strategies to leading a merger, a really large merger of two med tech companies to developing a app for cancer patients and a clinical trial to during COVID creating data personalization algorithms so that people that didn't want to go to the doctor because it was COVID like when because you know there was a lot of risk if they didn't and then one of the fun things I've done recently is actually worked in state and local government to change the way people get their driver's license and real IDs and I always say the more broadly we help digitize that process it will probably be the biggest impact of my career because so many people have have to go through the process of re- renewing their license or ID, and it's it's a very painful process at times. And so throughout that, I've worked, you know, I was a very early adopter of working with all of the more implementation sides of BCG. So Platinian in terms of like actually changing architectures, like we, we did a really fun project where we basically restructured for a very large government agency um, their architectural plan and even like how they worked and got them to be much more agile, which was incredible. And when we developed the app for the cancer patients that I referenced, we did that in partnership with DV. When we did the data algorithm during COVID, that was with Gamma. You know, all of that is part of X now. So I've just like throughout really seen the evolution of providing a recommendation to actually enabling the change. That's a fun thing to be a part of. 
So you lead the Women in Technology Initiative at BCG in North America. Can you tell us about that initiative? I've been leading research around women leaders in tech and digital for the last three years. It started with just an overall view of what's the difference between women and men's trajectory towards leadership in tech and digital. Then it went on to what's the implication of COVID and remote work for women leaders. And then this last year, we looked at some of the softer factors of what is the cultural implications of, of women and men advancing in their careers? Like what leads to retention and advancement and how much of it is just things like pay and, and benefits versus how much of it is how well people feel respected or can be their authentic selves or, uh, you know, valued in the work they do. It's interesting because each year I finish, we finish the work and then I start thinking, gee, okay, there's so many questions I want to answer next year. <laughs> One of the findings that like really struck me and impacted how I manage teams is for women, the early promotions are really important. They set the trajectory towards leadership, whereas for men, it's actually like the later promotions, like getting promoted to partner that they cite is like the most important. And so when I think about the people on my team, giving the like very junior people opportunities to shine could be a very critical juncture for a woman that then decides, okay, yeah, I want to I try and become a partner at BCG. One of the most interesting things we learned on the COVID work is for middle manager women, they could f more effectively chair meetings and influence decisions in a virtual setting, which I was super surprised by until I started doing some follow-up interviews and understood that part of it is just when you're on Zoom or Teams or whatever, everyone has the same size box. So you kind of start the meeting with everyone having the same space. And that doesn't always feel like the case in an in-person meeting. Um, and because of that, middle manager women found that that gave them the footing to drive decisions and drive meetings more effectively. Then in this last one, uh, a couple of concepts that were really important. One was the idea of a sponsor versus a mentor and someone that not just like gives you career advice throughout your career, but actually has like put skin in the game, like advocates for you, creates opportunities for you, you know, pounds the table for you to advance when people want an input. And I reflect on my career and that's been really important. And then the last thing I'll say on the most recent one is for women to advance, it's super important that they feel respected, they feel their work has an impact, and they feel like they can be their authentic selves. And those are really hard things to put in formal programs around, but there's a lot of cultural elements of how much are you enabling people to communicate in different ways or how much are you equally calling out the how the different people on your team have contributed to the outcome. So that has been a really important learning as well. You recently conducted your 2023 survey. Can you tell us about how women are being impacted by recent tech layoffs? Yeah, so women have been impacted by the tech layoffs more than men. And it's actually a mix of involuntary and voluntary attrition, but meaning like some women have like looked at it and said, I don't want to fight this fight, I'm out. But also they're just getting laid off more than men. So then you say, okay, well, why is that? And there's a couple of factors. And one of the factors is in addition to having a mentor or sponsor that's helping you, especially a sponsor, in addition to like feeling like your work is valued and respected, the relationship of someone to their managers is, has a big impact on their advancement and retention. 
And then when we surveyed men and women that were senior and we asked them like, you know, how hard or easy is it to um, manage people of the opposite? Like if you're a man to manage a woman, if you're a woman to manage a man, you know, they all said it was challenging in, in some respect, but the men found it more challenging to know like how to lead and properly engage women. First of all, I appreciated the honesty. I think that must have been like a hard thing for people to talk about. So, but second of all, I think that that has an unfortunately implicit implication on layoffs. Because if you're, you know, potentially the, at times the manager doesn't see all of what, you know, a woman brings to the table. And so they're, they're legitimately just looking at what they think are objective evaluations when they're making the decision. Like, I don't blame anyone in this process. Uh, more it's about how, like educating and changing cultures so that we see what could be at play and how to, how to address them. And you've been doing this survey since 2021. What are some of those key changes that you've seen over the past few years for women leaders in technology? Each year, women see that they have more opportunities. Like they're more bullish about, okay, if this doesn't work out, I'll just go find something else. And they're looking for opportunities more. Like the first year we did it, actually, we said... We asked, like, how important is switching companies to accelerating your trajectory? And basically, both men and women equally acknowledged its importance, but men took advantage of switching companies more than women. And now we're seeing an uptick in women taking advantage of those opportunities. The other thing that's, like, really fascinating that makes sense, uh, and I actually, like, reflect on my career, and I do feel this too, is that you get to a certain seniority as a woman, and you're like, okay, I've, like... I've knocked the elbows. I've shown what I can do. Like, I am me. And so, you you know, a lot of those factors about, you know, am I sensitive about my relationship with my manager? Do I feel like I get the proper advancement that I should? That gets to a place where actually it's as strong for women as it is for men once you get very senior. It's in the middle management where you see a lot of difference. So that just gives like basically like with the finding of the importance of the middle management and the finding of the importance of the first promotion, it just says to you like if you can we, there's a lot of programs to get women into STEM. There's a lot of programs to get them their first job. And now it's like, OK, how do we help organizations really focus on moving them through early and middle management? Because if you do that and they get to more senior management, then they're going to stay that middle management period is when a lot of people are having kids. And there's a bit of a perception of because I'm moving more slowly because I'm taking time and coming back, I'm not moving as effectively. And I think some of that has to be managed too. I mean, one of the most effective things for equalizing the playing field for men and women in middle management is also giving men paternity leaves. Because then if you normalize that everyone's going in and out of the job at that tenure, it doesn't feel so unique for women. Can you tell us a time when you felt that you were in your element? I feel like fortunate to say I feel in my element now. One of the fun things about BCG is each year you take on new things and taking on the leading the office has been something I've like just really relished and enjoyed because you feel like it's like being a mom on steroids. You have like this team of a hundred plus people and you really want all of them to succeed. And so you're trying to think through that 
all the time. And then the better you are as an MDP, because you're like creating work and creating opportunities and putting people into new fun situations from a like commercial perspective, then the better you are as a leader of the office. So it all kind of intertwines. And it's given me an opportunity to just reach out to CEOs in the area and say like, hey, I don't think we've worked together before, but I'd love to introduce you to BCG. And it was interesting. I like I'm working with this really awesome female principal. She's just incredible. And she was kind of CC'd on all the back and forth about me reaching out to one of the local CEOs. And she called me after like he responded and was like, yeah, let's me, let's do this. And he was like, this is incredible. You just went out and did it. Like you just said, hey, come on, let's go meet. And like now we're setting up time and trying to like structure a project and this is so cool to see a woman do this. And I think I didn't even occur to me. Like I was actually doing like to be a model of like, oh, anyone can reach out to anyone. I was doing it just to create commercial traction, right? So I like hung up the phone and kind of smiled and was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Like that's part of being a woman leader is like you show that there's a lot to do and and anyone can do it. And if you want to do it, just give it a try. What's the worst? A lot of times the worst thing people do is just say no or don't respond. Okay, great. You just move forward. That was my conversation with Naveen. You know, something that I think that was really interesting that she brought up was this idea and this theme around tokenism. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it really struck a chord because I've been in these situations, you know, across the length of my own career. And so it, it really resonated for me. There have been, you know, even in my consulting career, situations where our client has a certain diversity and composition of their team And it becomes really important for us to reflect that, to mirror that. And so being invited to be part of the proposal for that reason, not for others, is certainly something that I've encountered. And so, Suchi, in those situations, what do you do? Like, what is your personal decision there? This is something that has evolved for me over the length of my career, because I remember when I was younger, or in the earlier part of my tenure, I felt the pressure to, as Naveen said, readjust schedules, accommodate and be the team player and do that. I think what's changed for me more recently is this permission that I've given myself to basically not do that, right? And to speak from my heart and say, I've got something material to add, uh, whether that's content or expertise or something to say, then I'm a member of the team and I belong here. And if I don't, then I'm not going to be here just because of my identity or who I am. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing that I thought was really great was this research that she's doing. I mean, it's it's so enlightening, but um, interesting to see that when you ask women what has been the most significant promotion you've had in your career, they tend to cite the earlier promotions. And then she cites that the men that were interviewed, they tend to cite sort of later, like if they get promoted to a managing director or a partner, that that's sort of the most important, the pivotal moment of the career. And also just the piece about that we're losing sort of women in the workforce, sort of at that transition, that moment when they're moving maybe up or they're going to move out. And it's not happening at the same rate for men. So that's the point where we're losing women in the workforce. There is the facts and the data to back that up and hoping that, you know, we can start to see some real momentum in programs behind that to be able to start to address that. 
Well, that's all for today. This has been In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. Join us every episode to hear meaningful conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology. Thank you so much for listening.